listening to Legacy Lawyers, hosted by Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. everyone thanks for joining us what's up nathan i'm just laughing (laughs) this is pretty epic obituary (laughs) yeah i should maybe spend more time in the obituaries but it's hard to find one that's like this has got to be one of the most irreverent things i've ever laid eyes on i mean it's um it's bold it's very it's bold like we can't even we're not even going to be able to read parts of it it's so bold so I've, Nathan, I've had clients, you know, show me that they pre-wrote their obituary. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's probably a good idea. Been pretty neutral on it. Like, I guess it makes sense to write your obituary. But after this. <laughs> this will be advice you give to every client. <laughs> Put together your final disposition documents. Have them note or Maybe everyone should write their own obituary because if not, this could happen to them. Yeah, it's like, I might even think twice about it. Although I think when you get to the bottom of this, it's pretty clear that, I mean, it's possible that she pre-wrote this. Well, doesn't her son say she wrote, he wrote it? Yeah, he does say that he wrote it, but I get the sense that she's, she would have been okay with it. So Nathan, did you notice the top of this obituary? It has a listen to the obituary button and you can hit play. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh my heck. I kind of want to get an actual recording of him or is it just I don't I wonder who reads it. A machine it. that reads it. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Should we try it real quick? Sure, see what happens. Let's get the intro. Okay. It's worth a shot. Let me do it so the audio comes through for everyone listening. I think it's gonna be a machine reading it. You do, really? All right, let's see. The button might be broken. Yeah, it might be broken. So just so you know, just so everyone listening knows, there's there's some things that if you go to the Fayetteville Observer and read this, might be offensive to some audiences. I'll just give you that warning. But overall, I think it's probably in good fun. So So we're going to... We're going to share this obituary as much of it as we can, at least some of the one-liners without getting thrown off the various platforms that we're on as a podcast. We apologize if any of the language is offensive. We're just reading what's in the obituary. And we're actually like anything we read, we're going to quote. So we're not making this stuff up and we're going to, I mean, the thing that was funny to me is we're like, okay, well, we'll just avoid some of the some of the like offhanded maybe underhanded racial slurs 
but then I realized that some of the stuff that's written in here, I don't even know what it means. So if we inadvertently say something that is a racial slur, we did not mean to. So yeah, there's a few or like, I don't know what that really means, but yeah. so the, the title of the obituary is so her name, her name is Renee Mandel Corin. So you can go find this obituary if you want to read all yeah. that. Cool. And it's from, I don't know, back in May of this year, May of 2022. And it says a plus, a plus size Jewish lady redneck <laughs> died in El Paso on Saturday. Of so, itself, hardly news. No, go ahead. Oh, so before you keep going, mm -hmm. if anyone has had writer's block on your obituary, like you haven't, you can sit down to write it and you're just blank. This might create a couple... Yeah, this could give you some ideas. <laughs> so he goes on, he says, of itself, hardly news or good news if you're the type that subscribes to the notion that anybody not you, not named you dying in El Paso, Texas is good news. <laughs> so I think that's a slam on Texas, but later he slams North Carolina, he slams Florida, he slams New York. So don't take that personally, El Paso. Um, <laughs> he said... He says, in which case I have good news for you. The body fertile redheaded matriarch of a sprawling Jewish of, of a sprawling Jewish Mexican redneck fa American family has kicked it. So I'm going to say something about the redneck part. I can say redneck all I want because I think I fit the like dictionary textbook definition of a redneck. I How was, so? And I, I'd even go one step further and say i i fit the definition of white trash and you could even say trailer trash so so i was born i was actually born in i'm not going to tell you the year but some time ago in a dusty little town in southwestern wyoming and when i left the hospital and it's hospital is a stretch <coughs> Like if you drive by the place that was quote unquote, the hospital where I was born, it looks like a, I think now it's a care center mm. and it's hard to imagine that it was ever a hospital. But anyway, when I was, when I left there, I was driven home to a single wide trailer on a dirt road, which was my first home. So white mm -hmm. trash, trailer trash, redneck. I fit all of those. You, you would, you're, you're comfortable with any of those terms, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with those. Well, this obituary, uh, the, we believe the son wrote it. He, uh, <laughs> he believes his mom was a redneck. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, I love this. He goes, um, he said, there will be much mourning in the many glamorous locales she went bankrupt in McKeensport. PA, Renee's birthplace, and where she first fell in love with ham and atheism, <laughs> Fayetteville, and, and Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, where Renee's dreams, credit rating, and marriage were all buried. <laughs> and of course, Miami, Florida, where Renee's parents, uncles, aunts, and eternal hopes of all Miami Dolphin fans everywhere are buried pretty deep. <laughs> Then it says that she was preceded in death by Don Shula, the late 
great coach of the Miami Dolphins. That's just the first paragraph. That I mean, that's it. Like, I mean, I've seen obituaries that are shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this line. So a more district. <laughs> disrespectful trash reading talking and watching woman in north carolina florida or texas was not to be found (laughs) and i i think it says hers was an i don't even know what that that word is itinerant much lived life a yankee florida liberal jewish tough gal who bowled them in japan rolled them in north carolina and was a singularly unique parent um, often frustrated by stifling conservative culture of the South, she turned her, this is funny, she's turned her voracious mind to the home front, becoming a model stay-at-home parent, a super mom, really, just the perfect PTA lady, volunteer, amateur baker, and <laughs> just kidding, y'all, <laughs> Renee or Rosie to her friends, and this was a broad who never met a stranger, worked double shifts with Doreen, ate a ton of, ton of carbs with Bernie and could occasionally be stirred to stew some stuffed cabbage for the kids. She played cards like a shark, bowled and played cribbage like a pro and laughed with the boys until the wee hours long after the last pin dropped. So what's at cribbage? One, I think it's a card game. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It says at one point in the 80s, <laughs> she was ranked 11th or 12th in women's cribbage in America. <laughs> women's cribbage. In America, and while that could be a lie, it sounds great in print. It looks like a, I don't know, yeah. I think it's the card game. It's a card sort. game. So how do you in the eighties? How do you know if you're ranked? Do they have a cribbage magazine? I think that's totally made up. <laughs> I think it's totally made up. Um. So it, it, this the sentence is awesome. Good too. But on the plus side, Renee didn't cook, she didn't clean, and she was lousy with money. On the plus side. Here's what Renee was great at. Um, Dying her red roots, weekly manicure. She is a a ginger. Dirty jokes, pure fishing, rolling joints, and buying dirty magazines. Rolling joints. And there's a picture of her, and she actually looks like she would be hilarious. The face on the obituary is pretty like it's like yeah, she looks like she would be <laughs> like she's about to give her opinion. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be swearing when she does it, and she doesn't care. Uh, what's the next part we, we can read? We thought Renee could not be killed, but God knows people tried <laughs> a lot. <laughs> She, Renee has been toying with death for decades, but always beat it and running off, always beat it and running off in her silver Chevy Nova. COVID couldn't kill Renee. Neither could pneumonia twice, infections, blood clots, bad feet, breast cancer twice, two mastectomies, two recessions, multiple bankruptcies, marriage to a philandering sergeant major divorce in the 70s six kids one cesarean a few abortions from the quietly this is in capital letters the quietly famous abortionist of spring lake north carolina or an affair with larry king in the 60s it says she was preceded in death by her ex-boyfriend larry king 
And then later he says he's not even sure if he's not a child of Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is good. Man. I like the part where it talked about her daughter died in a near fatal. She was preceded in death by a daughter. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So she's preceded in death um, by two marriages, a fudge shop, and a one eyeball and one eyeball lost in a near fatal Pepsi bottle incident. That's her. That's her daughter. Daughter. That died. Losing her one-eyed. <laughs> I can't say that. Cuss. <laughs> swear of a daughter in 2007 devastated renee but it also made her quite homeless Jeez. kathy pretty much picked up the tab oh my gosh ouch that's harsh, that's harsh. That, one's, that one i mean that's pretty that's a pretty good dig there mm -hmm. i'm trying to look if there's anything a, a else talented grifter a scam artist. She eked out her final you. years of luxury under the care, compassion, checking account, an unlimited patient of her favorite son and daughter-in-law. <laughs> uh, oh. No, no gloves, man. They were all off. No. I like how they announced the funeral. There will be a very disrespectful and totally non-denominational memorial on May 10th, 2022 most likely at a bowling alley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. The family requests absolutely zero privacy or propriety, none whatsoever, and in fact, encourages you to spend some government money today. I don't even know what this means, so if this is bad, I'm sorry. Today on a one-armed bandit. Is a one-armed bandit a joint? I don't know. At the blackjack table or on a cheap cruise to find our inheritance. She spent <laughs> it all, folks. She left me nothing but lousy memories, which I and my family of five brothers and my sister-in-law's nephews, friends, nieces, neighbors, ex-boyfriends, Larry King's children, who I guess I might be one of, the total strangers who all to a person loved and will cherish her forever. So slot machine is one of the definitions of a one-armed bandit. So I'm oh, guessing... okay. oh, there we go. I'm guessing it's a slot machine. <laughs> Got it. Just don't oh know that God. slang, darn it. So then this Ooh. is where I got to the point where I was like, I think she would have been absolutely okay with this whole thing. It says, please think of the, the brightly, no, where does it say? Um, yeah, please think of the brightly frocked, frivolous, funny and smart Jewish redhead who is about to grift you, tell you a filthy joke or for Larry King's sake laugh bye mom we loved you to bits rest in peace renee and l corin she was born in may of 37 and died in says december of 2021 they waited a while to do probably pandemic kept them from doing the celebration of life yeah <clears throat> oh my gosh wow that's an epic obituary yeah we i think we're actually able to read most of it i yeah. The first was like, I don't know how much this, I think we did an okay job. So mm -hmm. I hope we didn't offend anyone. It was all meant to be in good, good, clean fun. So, well, I mean, now if you feel like there's pressure to do a good obituary. No, now what I feel pressure is 
that people understand there's a way that you can have control over what your obituary says. Oh, there is. Yeah. How? What is that? Well, you better give them our disclaimer first, because this might be construed as legal advice. Okay. Nathan and I are attorneys. We, pr- we play attorneys in real life, but <laughs> for podcast purposes, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. So anything we share today, please consult independent legal advice for your own situation. There you go. And by the way, I don't bill myself as a white trailer trash lawyer. That's not how I, we haven't used that in any marketing materials yet. Yeah. But you know, the year's still got, who knows, left. who knows, can roll out, see what happens with this economy might get desperate enough. <laughs> no. So the document, there's a document you can put in place that covers all aspects of what happens to me after I die, right? What happens to my remains? Do I want to be buried? Do I want to be cremated? Do I want to be, do I want to have my remains donated to science? Cadaver labs, love donations. I had a client tell me that he wanted to be, he wanted his remains sent to a place called the body farm. Hmm. Have you heard of this? Is that where they like test out? decomposing bodies yeah yeah so this is an fbi facility i think and they they will take donated remains and let's say they want to know what it's like or what a what a, a murdered human body would look like if it was tied up into the top of a tree and left there for months so then what they do is they'll put a time lapse camera on it and they'll document the decomposing the critters that come and feed off of it and i think they they do tissue samples they do all the forensic stuff that they would normally do so that they what they send the intern to do the tissue samples yeah i would guess the intern has to climb the tree to the rotting remains and pull the samples off in any case it was funny because when he said he wanted that his wife looked at me and she said the only way he's getting that is if i die first because she's like if he dies first i'm planting him like a tree <laughs> <laughs> so um you can also plan out your memorial and attach that you can put your prepaid funeral plans you can put your plot locations maps the insurance policy that you maybe have for burial memorial stuff you could write your own obituary. Mm-hmm. So a lot of funeral homes now will pull out a form and like go through a lot of details with you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's awesome to go with this legal document. Cause, cause what you can do is you can just have the legal document refer to that pre-planning and say, you know, I want my representative to follow what I plan with the, with the mortuary. Um, yeah, and that's the other important point is that you get to appoint a representative, an agent to act on your behalf to make sure that your wishes are respected. That's just not a document that just can be thrown together. It, there are some formalities that go along with having that be properly executed and having it be valid. It actually would be something that could be addressed in a probate enforced. court mm-hmm. and enforced if needed. 
So if I just assuming it was executed properly, it's not executed properly. Court's not going to even look at it. Yeah. So if I just told my oldest, Hey, when I go, you need to make all the funeral arrangements. I, I filled out some forms with the mortuary. They know what I want. There's nothing that really stops that kid or another child from totally deviating if they didn't fill out the right. Yeah. And if you're interested more in causing problems after you die, then what actually happens to your remains, what you could do is go to each one of your children, sit down <laughs> with them, tell them they're the person that's in charge, and then tell them something different than you tell all the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> so one kid swears he had a conversation with you where you told him you wanted to be buried and you wanted an open casket at the viewing. Another one you tell you're the person and I do not want to be buried. I want to be cremated. I don't even want a funeral. There should never be a viewing. And then I don't know. You can one make kid, up two one kid, you say, I want my ashes put here. <laughs> so you <laughs> say, uh, take me to the Oregon coast. And the other, you say, take me to the Florida coast. Yeah. Cause I absolutely have to be, my ashes have to be sprinkled in Florida. These are just kind of the weird things that cross an estate planner's mind, like how you could really mess with. Well, I, I've had families kids. disagree on this stuff and like, yeah, no, for to, sure. There's a really hard feeling. Oh yeah. There can be for sure. I was joking when I said, <laughs> tell your kids three different things and convince them that they're the person. No, what you should do is put your actual wishes into a binding validly executed witnessed legal document and uh, make that part of your overall estate plan and just make it super easy for your family. So I'll give you one real life example of how this document can be a lifesaver. So I actually had a lifesaver. That's probably the wrong term because somebody's already died, right? Yeah. That didn't work. Relationship um, saver. Yeah, there you go. Um, or maybe not even that because in this case i don't think it helped any relationships but it did get my client what he wanted oh. so i had a client come in um actually so it was we try not to do what we refer to as deathbed planning we do everything in our power to not do planning for people that are weeks or days away from passing but we will come clean and say we've done that a few times in this case my my client was having some severe health problems. He was engaged. He had asked her to marry him, but she didn't feel good about doing that when he was actively dying. But he wanted her to receive everything that was his. And she wanted her to make, he wanted her to make all of the funeral arrangements and decisions. The reason this was important is because where his arrangements, his, he had some pre- um, need arrangements at a particular mortuary and cemetery. And his parents had both been, had passed away and had been buried there. So they knew the family. And what his fear was, is that his sisters would come in when he passed and hijack what his wishes were. So we made it very clear in the document that it was his fiance, not his sisters, that was to make the, the decisions and laid out very clearly what he wanted. And the reason I know this was powerful for the, for this client and his fiance is because I got a phone call from her and the, she was with the mortuary director. And he just said, first of all, I want to tell you 
that this document is like the holy grail for funeral directors. He's like, we love when we see this. And he's like, especially in a situation like this, where if this document hadn't existed, I would have probably had to follow what the sisters wanted and disregard what his fiance wanted. And now with this in hand, I just show it to the sisters and I say, my hands are tied. This is a legally binding document. She's making the decisions. This is what's going to happen. And there's no further discussion to be had. That's awesome. Yeah. So a lot of times people think, well, the only thing that matters is my trust or the only thing that matters is, and you know what, all the little, they're not little, but all the kind of what would be seen as the lesser documents in an estate plan, sometimes those details make all the difference. And, and the funeral is such an emotional time <clears throat> for the family. And if there are any differences of opinion on that or underlying, you know, power struggles going on between siblings or a spouse and other family members, I mean, it's, it's so helpful to have that clarified. So it makes yeah. a difference. Yeah, it does. It does. So everybody, as part of your comprehensive estate plan, make sure that you don't allow <laughs> one of your very witty children <laughs> to hijack your obituary. If anyone has a better one, please send it. To yeah, I would love to read it. We would. This makes me, I bet if you searched funny obituaries or probably i bet there's a collection somewhere that would be pretty hilarious yeah we should add <clears throat> to our collection Start when you get done reading this this is somebody i wish i could have met when she was alive because i bet she would have been hilarious she would have been an awesome client and i bet she was a pistol <laughs> but it sounds like she didn't have anything to leave so she probably didn't go meet with no <laughs> she she burned it she burned it from both ends the whole time she was alive and she went out with a bang. Wonder if Larry King attended the <laughs> non-denominational memorial. <laughs> I don't think so. But I don't know. Who knows? Well, <sighs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. We'll see if we can restore some sense of respectability and reverence to the podcast next time. <laughs> may or may not happen. It may or may not happen. See ya. Yep. See ya. You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com. And for commonly asked questions, hit voyantlegal.com slash resources. We'll see you next time.